Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to get into verse number 18. Uh, We're going to actually review it a little bit because we ended there last week. And we're talking about the corporate body. We're talking about, we're in a series called Do Not Quench the Spirit. So our Wednesday night setting is a Bible study. That's what it is. We're, the design is typically people who come on Wednesday night are your, uh, as uh, I heard Andrew Womack say, said, say it this way, he said they're not your nod to God crowd. You say nod to God. Yeah, you know, you'll show up at Christmas and Easter and maybe a Sunday here and there. Do you know that today statistically they've done polls on this, but did you know that today st- statistically people consider a home church for them where they attend once a month? Once a month. Do you know in the book of Acts, they attended church together in the houses daily? Now, that would mess up your little schedule, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would. I mean, you know, people, <laughs> people sometimes think, they think, man, I, I don't know if I could do that. You, you could handle it if you saw the miracles they did. <clears throat> Amen. <laughs> so... It is important that you hear and feed on the Word of God. So Wednesday nights here is the group that is going to actually do a lot of the carrying of the group that comes Sunday. So the, the numbers in here right now will double, maybe a little more, by Sunday. And so what happens is those that are more committed to the Lord, that are uh, aware of their, of their uh, importance in the body of Christ, they don't look at church as the preacher's responsibility. They don't look at the church as the preacher's responsibility. It's not a, we pay you to do that sort of thing. But actually, they understand their fellowship with the Lord, and they understand that they're called to minister to the rest of the body. Those people actually, uh, what they actually do is they actually buoy up the faith in the room on a Sunday morning. Did you know that? Did you know there will, there will be people that come on a Sunday morning that are visitors to the church, and they actually don't know how to contact God at all, but if you and I as a group believe God, they'll actually sense God and not even know what's going on. It's true. We had a testimony two Sundays ago of a young lady who, uh, when the Spirit of God was moving, we ministered to her, but she, she said to my wife, she said, I was standing back here. I was standing back here during worship. And she said, I felt this presence in the room. And I'd never felt it before. And she was scared. Which is understandable. You say, would the presence of God cause fear? Read Acts. (laughs) The presence of God ministered to people. and, And there were times where this took place. And it's not a fear like fear of a rattlesnake. It's an awe, a reverence, like, whoa, what is going on here? This is, this is unlike anything that I've ever experienced before in my life. And so what can happen is the presence of God can come in. There was actually a point in the book of Acts where it says the people were afraid to join the apostles because of the fear of God, because of the presence of God that was on their life. Isn't that interesting? But that will, that will keep you uh, uh, believers who believe, believers who engage their faith, believers who understand who they are in the body of Christ, 
they actually will help manifest the presence of God for their brother and sister in Christ and for the one who doesn't know the Lord. I don't know about you, but that's my goal. That is my goal. My goal is to be the temple of God, where the presence of God is full. Amen? We're actually designed, according to Ephesians chapter 3, to be bodies wholly filled and flooded with God. God is not a religion. He is not a church. He is not a denomination. He is not any of those things. I've watched God heal people on the street. I've watched God heal people that weren't even saved. You know, even on last Sunday, you think about it. Mike uh, Seppala came up and he, he gave that testimony. When the, when the presence of God was in the room and the word of the Lord is going out, here he took his hearing aids out because God turned up his hearing. That happened Sunday. Nobody even prayed for him. He was just in the room. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> so what we need to actually do as a group, as a body, is not quench the spirit. So what does that mean? That means we co- when we come together, we actually expect God to be God. <laughs> Isn't that great? I know, it's, you know, it, it's, a, it's an, a unique concept. God, you go ahead and be God. We'll let you. <laughs> and the more you read your Bible, the more you find out, uh, and you fellowship around people that know the Lord, the more you'll realize God is a good God, that he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. You know, sometimes, and I'm not going to get into this a lot, but I just want to share this thought with you. People have this idea about God that their life went wrong because it was God's plan. The devil's got you duped. Actually, the devil is stealing from you, killing and destroying your life. And the reason why you think it's God is because he's duped you into thinking that. If you come, Jesus said this in John chapter 10, verse number, verse number 10. He said, he said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. The enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy. That is the dividing line between God and the enemy. God will not, he's not looking to destroy you. He's looking to redeem you. That song, he's, the, the blood speaks a better word. It speaks a better word. What is it speaking over you? It's, if, if you're not born again, it's speaking, hey, come to me. You're in favor with me. That's what God's saying to you. Come to me. You're in favor. I'm not mad at you. I didn't do what you think I did. You've been lied to. I didn't hurt you. I didn't destroy you. I didn't take your child from you. I didn't break your marriage up. I didn't, come on, I didn't put you in the car accident. I didn't put you in, you know, we did all that on our own without God. You know, it's like the church sign I saw one time. It said, everything happens for a reason. Sometimes the reason is I was stupid. (laughs) And that's the truth. How many can testify? You're like, you didn't listen to God, and now you're in the middle of a mess, and you blame God. You got to be careful with that. Amen? So what we're doing is, is we're learning about the body of Christ and what the body of Christ is. The body of Christ, and and Paul's doing this by the Holy Spirit in this chapter, it's actually, uh, he's, the Holy Spirit is having him correlate Christ's body to a physical body. And we've hit several different things, and I don't 
have time to go over all of them this evening. You can go back and listen to them online if you desire. Hallelujah. I'm going to set a timer. I'm not promising that I'll abide by it. But anyway, so verse 18, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 18 says this. But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as what? He pleased. So we looked at this last week. We ended here, and I want to hit this again. The Mirror Bible actually says it this way. It says God engineered every individual part of the body according to his deliberate design. Isn't that good? God engineered every individual part of the body according to his deliberate design. It is God who has set the members, each one of them. God is the one who decides our station in the body of Christ. Since this is the case, it tells me two things. First, we cannot set ourselves where we desire, no matter how much we want it. You say people get position hungry. Oh, yeah. Just like in the world. Well, I want to be, how many remember a particular uh, presidential candidate a few years ago that ran against Trump? Her name is Hillary. She was declaring, I, am, I was born to be president. Guess what? She's not. <laughs> you, can, you can actually, you can actually, in the body of Christ, desire something that God did not appoint you to. You got to be careful. You have to be careful with this. Now, I'm talking to believers here that know, that know the Lord. Most of you have been walking with the Lord for a few years. you got to watch out for this because you can actually think and build up in your own mind that you are something that you're not. Do you know God has a system on how he promotes people? Did you know that? People say, do you, I'll just say, I'll just put it to you like this, just to kind of cut it all the way to the end of it, and then we'll kind of backtrack a little bit. Do you know you can actually be born into the earth, know the call of God on your life, and never fulfill it? Do you know you can actually be born into the earth, know the call of God on your life, and remain so spiritually immature that God will not allow you to step into that place? He won't. And people say, well, why would that be? Well, years ago... I know a gentleman, uh, and I really love this gentleman. He's, he's, he's super gifted. Oh, my God. I mean, in writing, drawing, just his ability to express things and think. Th his mind functions on a level that mine doesn't. Okay, I'm kind of simple. You know what I mean? When the Lord comes to me, he says, Sean, duh. <laughs> he just keeps it simple. You know what I mean? He, I, I'm simple. I like things simple. I don't like things complicated. Kind of cut to the chase. Don't speak to me in riddles. Just speak to me in plain language. Okay? But this gentleman is super gifted. But yet he came to me, this gentleman, he said, and I, and I, was, I, was, I felt like by the Spirit of God I was to prod him on to continue to develop this gift that's within him. Because God still wanted to use it and there was still time in his life for him to use it. 
And he said, no, I'm not going to do it. And the reason why is because he had been rejected by so many people in the body of Christ. They didn't understand him. Let me, let me say something right here. That is not a reason to quit. Well, if these people would do, no. If you believe God and grow spiritually, no man can stand in your way. No man. If you believe him, if you'll trust him, no man can stand in your way. But you have to know you heard from him first. So I was egging this person on, and I could tell this isn't going to work. I could tell I'm just getting nowhere. So one day I got to praying about it. I'm like, Lord, I pray for this person. And I'm praying about it. Lord, what is the deal? He said, Sean, I value the vessel more than the gift in the vessel. And I said, what? He said, the gift, I value his salvation, him, more than the gifting. Now, amongst Pentecostal groups, that's not really taught. Do you know that your character is more important to God than your prophetic gift? Now, we're going to get into the prophetic gifts. We're going to get into all those. I love them. And, I, and when I first started this message out, that's kind of where I wanted to go. And the Holy Ghost is like, nope, you're going back here. And I'm the Lord, I never teach on that. I've never even heard anybody teach on it. He said, exactly. I'm like, Lord, but then I've got to come up with stuff. You know, it's more difficult. I already have a lot of this stuff already built. He said, yeah. But he said, if you want this church to go where it's supposed to go, they have to know the character side. Actually, if you, he said, it would be better to say it this way. If you want the church to go where I want it to go, then you have to develop the character side. Which means, and we're going to see this, we don't despise our gift, but our gift does not define us. Christ defines me. So you could come in here and go, I don't really like that guy. Fine. I know who I am in Christ. So you can not like me and that's okay. I'm okay with that. We won't just hang out. <laughs> you know, I'm not a glutton for punishment. But I know who I am in Christ and I know what he's called me to do. And as long as I remain humble and work with him, <clears throat> glory to God, he'll get me where I need to go. Do you know, if Heidi and I stopped pastoring the church for every time somebody didn't like what we did. And I've had people come, I've had people come that barely know me at all. And come, and, and Heidi has to, don't even hardly know us at all. Do you know, I have a group of people around me that know me. You say, what do you mean by that? I have a board around me that know me. Now, they're getting to know me more and more. Some know me better than others, obviously. But they are the ones that the Lord speaks to concerning. Now, it's not you can't get a prophetic word from out here. That's not the case. That's not, what it's, that's not what's being said. That's, that's, that's not what I'm implying. But there are those that are so in love with their gifting that they actually never develop meaning, meaningful relationships with character. And so they're never actually really heard. And do you know what people that don't have character do when they're not heard? They get upset. They blame the person that won't listen to them. And they go to another church and start the honeymoon all over again until that doesn't work. Unless they can find an Ahab. You say, an Ahab? What does that mean? In order for Jezebel to function, 
She's got to have an Ahab. And you say, what's an Ahab? An Ahab is a leader who does not know who they are. Who can be emotionally manipulated. See, we don't set ourselves. He sets us. Last year at the rally, I went, I'd tell about you, but I don't know your stories. I went and ministered at the rally last year, and there was somebody who made the statement. They said, they made the statement, You're, you, this, Sean's different this year than he was last year. <laughs> Do you know that should be said about us? Yeah. You know, the anointing on there, now, now listen to me. I'm talking about your relationship with the Lord, not a pulpit presence. You should have an anointing stronger this year than you did last year. When you're fellowshipping with the Lord and you have character with him, boy, I'm having fun. I'm having a lot of fun right now. You know, I didn't feel like coming to church. But I told Heidi, I said, let's just get under the anointing. We'll just get under the anointing. We'll be fine. You know how many times I've done that? Joy starts leading worship and I'm like, here it comes. And it just a wave goes through the church. And I'm like, all right, God, let's go do this. Anyway, the development of our character is vital. When you love your brother and sister in Christ as much as Jesus does, because your love, his love is in you. You will function in gifts. You, you think you've had experiences with God. You, we, we haven't scratched the surface. And guys, we had ears healed, ears healed last Sunday. Nobody laid hands on the person. We've had people come in. Guys, we had a lesbian couple give their heart to the Lord. I'm telling you what, God, and I'm talking about, I prayed for these girls. They came up to me, and they, they came to me, and I, and I grabbed them. I said, can I pray for you? They said, yes, and I grabbed their hands, and I said, Father God, in the name of Jesus. And I, you know, my Pentecostal prayer. I mean, I don't like to play around. You know, I, before I was saved, I smoked a lot of weed and drank and partied and got it done good. I mean, I went for the devil 100%, right? So if I'm going to get saved and live for the Lord, I might as well just go 120 because I found out something. There is no high like the most high. It doesn't exist. <laughs> so I prayed for him. I said, devil, you cannot have these girls. I mean, I went after it. They gave me permission. If you give me permission, you better know. I'm going to pray through your lineage. I'm going to open your mail. I'm going to get every demon. I'm going to find them. And I'm going to kick them out. I'm going to plead the blood and your life. If you don't want to serve God, you're going to go, this is so, why did I let him pray for me? <laughs> God will haunt you <laughs> in a good way. It'll be a holy haunt. And I opened my eyes and while I'm praying, one, of the, the, one, young, one young lady, you know, when you have the love of God in you, you're not offended by that type of stuff. I'm not saying it's okay that they live that way, but you got to get them in the, in the kingdom first. They, they're just living the way they know how to live. They don't know any different. 
And so I'm holding their hands. And the the one young lady, while I'm praying, she's just squeezing my hand. And I'm like, God, just get them. And then I open my eyes when I'm done, and they're both just crying. And they give testimony. They'd been coming for a while. They used to come to the church and sit outside. They wouldn't come in. And our ushers would be like, you can come in. They're like, no. But then one day, they came in. Do you know God is not afraid of the activity of the enemy? When he walks in the room, the devil goes, "Uh uh-oh, we just lost all ability here. (laughs) Amen? Amen? So this is important. It's vital that we understand this because why? We set the tone. For every outreach we do, for every Sunday service that we do, our corporate prayer on Tuesdays, we set the tone. Guys, the glory of God rolling in here, the multiplication that's taking place, all of those things, I'm telling you, it's not by accident. It's been prayed about. There are 12 to 16 people every Tuesday at 10 a.m. that show up right here, and we pray in the Holy Ghost, and we prophesy, and we declare, and we believe God for people. And that's why people walk in here, and they don't even know why they're here. They're like, how did I end up working for this person? How did I end up walking in the door here? How did I end up being connected to this person or that person? The reality is is that the Holy Ghost is hovering over the waters of the people. And as he has a church that prays, the Spirit of God and the angels of God begin to direct your path right into contact with one of his children. And all of a sudden, the darkness that is within you comes in contact with the light that is in another believer. And you go, whoa, something's different here. This is better than any drug I've ever taken. This is better than any relationship that I've ever had. You want to know why? Because God knows you, he made you, and he knows what makes you happy and makes you tick. He knows you intricately. He knows you down to the very molecular level of your being. He actually knew you before you ever got on this planet. You just have to receive him. So in order for us as the church to be effective, we have to find out where God wants us. We have, to, we have to discover where he's placed us in his body. Uh, one commentary put it this way about verse 18. Here we see the Holy Spirit through Paul declaring that the individual members of the, of the human body do not choose their function or place. They do not reach into some grab bag and pull out a function to please themselves. This is difficult. This is a diff- you know, this is a tough message. Do you want to know why? Because it requires you to think outside of you. It requires me to think about, not think about my needs in prayer, but think about, Holy Ghost, how do I pray for this family today? Or who would you have me pray for? Mario Murillo said it this way. He said, the church has actually done a disservice by focusing on gifts. He said the church is not a gift. It's not a bunch of gifts running around, focusing on their gifts, all of that. He said the church is an army, and we are the soldiers, and we show up and go, sir, 
what are my marching orders? And he'll, he'll say things like youth ministry, and you'll go, no, Lord, that's not my calling. But God's not looking for those people. He's not looking for those people that are just in a mad hurry to get up in front of everybody. I want the bigger crowds. He's looking for those who will be faithful with that which is another man's. So that he can promote them to where he wants them to be. This is the process of God. God doesn't look down from heaven and go, oh, look how gifted they are. I just don't want to waste that gift. No, God looks down from heaven and goes, if they're not going to mature, that's okay. I got a donkey over here. You say, a donkey? Yes, Balaam was a prophet. His donkey was smarter than him. He had more humility toward God. That's true. God looks down and goes, how are they running their family? Because I know the way they run their family is the way they'll run my church. Well, you're judging me. Actually, the scripture is. Isn't this fun? I can tell wheels are just turning. I can see it. Some of you are like, what's he talking about? Some of you are like, don't go there, preacher. No, I know some of you are like, yeah, that's true. I experienced that. The Lord told me that. The Lord said this to me. Now, we don't get under condemnation, but we do get under conviction. Well, I have to have my gift operate. Actually, you don't. We prefer that you have your gift operate. The Lord would prefer, but he cares about you as an individual first. And your relationship with him. And he has this set order. Do you know why I'm hard on my kids? People say, well, it's just your personality. No, that's not why. The scripture tells me that if you look at my kids, you'll see how I run the church. That's exactly what it says. Read Timothy, read Titus. When Paul said, now Titus, Timothy, when you're looking for elders, this is what you look for. I look for what? The ones that have their underwear drawer in order. See, we've made it way too out here. Can they show up to work on time? Not for a week, but for a year. See, I don't know about you, but God put me under people that chewed me out. I know Papa seems nice and docile, but he chewed us out. He chewed me out. Not every day, all day, but he demanded things of us. When I started working for him. Because he knew I have to work seven years in order to get Heidi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he wants his dowry. Um, <laughs> I don't have any cows or chickens. Anybody got one I could borrow? All right, so he tried to give me the older daughter first. I'm like, Terry, that ain't going to work. I'll kill her. We're too similar is what my point. <laughs> me and Heidi are opposites. God is looking for character. And we live in a day-to-day in the church where grace is just the coverall. You don't have to do anything. Now, you don't have to do anything to earn your salvation, but you realize you're empowered to live holy. 
So don't say, I can't overcome this. Because grace says, and resurrection says, yes, you can. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 19 says this, And if they were all one member, where would the body be? The Mirror Bible says it this way, Our individual significance only finds context in the relationship, in relationship to others. I'm going to say this again. Our individual significance only finds context in relationship to others. You're, you're not, and we read this earlier, you're not you're, the body is not defined by your gift. Your gift is defined by the body. You say, what do you mean by that? If all you focus on is the fact that you're a finger, now you should rejoice in your calling, and you forget about the feet, it, you can become very self-centered quick. I've, I've had people, you know, they, they imply, they don't even probably realize they're doing it, but they imply that their gift is the gift. You know, like apostles. A prophet. Well, they're mentioned first. Oh, I get it. They're important in God's kingdom. Prophetic gifts, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, gifts of healing, gift of faith, all of these different things, all of these different, they, but they imply they rejoice too much in the gift and not enough in the Lord. Because if you rejoice in the Lord rather than the gift, you'll have context. It'll keep you out of spiritual pride. Do you know when I go to preach at different places, I'll just be honest, like I will go down to Dickinson or, or different places where I've been able to minister. You know, I'm never afraid of who other, what other ministers are there. You say, you're never afraid? No. You say, how? Because love doesn't have fear in it. So I'm never intimidated that Mark can out-preach me. Why? Because it's not a competition. He's anointed for and I'm anointed for. I am never, you know, you notice this. We have all sorts of different people speak here. Some of them are like me. Some of them are not. Some of them are more teachers. You ever, do you, how many have heard Herb teach? Would you agree that he doesn't get overly excited? <laughs> I see you, Herb. I see you. I get revelation from God when Herb speaks. You know, Mike, Mike will, he'll be probably me plus a few. <laughs> you say, what do you mean by that? He's got energy. In fact, we were watching his kids walk in, and, and Eli walked in first, and then Nate, and they're both kind of, you know. And then Aiden comes in the back, and he's like, Pew! you know, he's like speedy. And then right behind him is Mike, and that's how Mike was <laughs> as a kid. Each one have their own personality, their own way. So Mike is what the Lord anointed Mike and gave Mike his personality. As long as he flows in the character of the spirit, that anointing will come out. But it may come out a little bit more excited than Herb. But that's okay because I get revelation from him too. Why? Same. We've been baptized. We're drinking of the same spirit. Our individual significance only finds context in relationship to others. Verse number 20. But now indeed there are many members, yet what? One body. The Passion Translation says it this way. So now we see that there are many differing parts and functions, but one body. 
The mirror says the sum total of the members equals one body. See, when you understand that you're a part, then your gift takes on a level of importance and reverence that you didn't have before. Okay? So this is why you won't badmouth the rest of the body. Because you're actually badmouthing yourself. <laughs> you will. You'll actually, so it would be like this. Well, I, I don't like sister so-and-so because she does this. And you're actually hitting your own thumb. Why? Because you're born into one spirit. This is what makes the gifts of the spirit operate at a high level. Operate at a high level. By repetition, Paul drove his point home. Division has no part in a united body of members. Again, this leads the reader to, understand, uh, to understanding of the understanding of the importance of individual maturity. Know and love your grace and place. Rejoice in the Lord, not in what is seen. If you are, if you're a person who has to prove how spiritual you are to other people, you're actually not very spiritual. Because insecurity is not spirit, it's not godly spiritual. Insecurity is actually fear. So if I have to prove to Jessica that I'm spiritual and I know things, then I'm not loving her. Because love doesn't seek its own. The gifts of the Spirit operate this way. They operate, they function from the place of, I'm anointed by you, Lord. Lord, where are you leading me to minister to somebody? Where? Who do I need to pray for? See, a spiritually secure person can actually spend years in their prayer closet praying for people in the church, and the people in the church actually never know that you did. And they'll be okay with it, and they'll actually be okay with the fact that they're going to receive their reward when they die and go to. So if I demand, when we go to break forth, if I demand a Pastor Larry, you have to give me this, you have to give me that, you have to do, don't you know how anointed I am? I get, well, I know Pastor Larry. That will be the last time. Actually, he won't even let me in the pulpit that day. Why? He has something he's got to protect. And it's more important than my insecurity about my gift. This is a must. Verse 21. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Do you know, the Lord said this to me the other day. He said, when the Spirit of God moves strong, Sean, immature believers will make it about them. What I felt... My anointing, my gifting, what I saw, all of these things. And people say, well, how, can, how are you even saying this, preacher? You know the scripture talks about having gifts and how important they are. Yes, but you do realize this, that 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians were the two letters. They were written as corrections. And if you read 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 13, and 1 Corinthians 14, and you look at it not from the perspective of the parts you like, 
But you actually look at it and let the Spirit of God deal with you. You realize Paul was saying over and over again, grow up, 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 grow up. He said, you're immature. You're running around like immature people. You're not thinking about what the, what the Spirit of God is thinking about concerning these things. Yes, desire the gifts, but you need to do it from a place of maturity. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Verse number 11, Paul says this. Actually, verse number 10. He said, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part shall be done away. Now, 1 Corinthians 13, we all know verse 4 through 8 is all about the love of God, right? Now, watch this last verse in verse 11. He says this, when I was a what? Child, I spoke as a... So how does a child speak? A child speaks outside of verse 4 through 8. They speak opposite of verse 4 through 8. It's not patience, kindness, all those things. It's me, 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 me. Come on, how many have, have kids? <laughs> what is it all about? Me, 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 me. How many have noticed you don't have to teach a kid to be selfish? You actually have to train it out of them. Well, it's not fair. Um, can you give me scriptures to back up your point of view? Or what you feel like the Lord is showing you? Or do you just pretend to be spiritual and try and bring out something that sounds spiritual, but yet somebody who knows the word will go, nope, 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 nope. You guys have heard me talk about this before, but I'm going to share it one more time. And we're about done. We'll end here in verse 21. I had somebody come into the church. We accidentally left the doors unlocked. We don't have a secretary official yet, so we try and leave the doors locked. We have a ring system so people can check in. Because we have just people just randomly come by asking for things. And um, sometimes we have people here that are, you know, uh, uh, by themselves like a young lady or something like that. So we lock all the doors. We don't leave them open. And so we can monitor who comes in and out. Well, I accidentally left the door open and I got hijacked. You say hijacked. Yeah, somebody wandered in and they came for counseling and they needed to talk right now. With no consideration of the fact that we are doing stuff every single week and that we need to set up an appointment. Most of the time when people need to talk right now, I'll give you an illustration. I read this years ago, talking about pastors and how to plan your day, your week, all this stuff. There was a lady one time that showed up at a minister's house, knocked on the door, and said, you and I need to get together with my husband. We need to have counseling right now. And the minister stepped back. I mean, he was thinking about, he said, uh, he said I have a specific day where I meet with people so that other stuff isn't interrupted. A good business does this all the time. So he said, and he stepped back for a second. He kind of stopped. He said, uh, he said, you've had problems with your marriage for a while. And she said, yes. And he said, how long? And she said, 10 years. And he said, you've known about this for 10 years. And you need help right now? Come on, how many see it? See, immaturity will ignore things. It won't confront things. Do you want to know why? 
Because immaturity and insecurity doesn't like confrontation. But you know what I found out about God? He loves you enough to confront you. See, what a lot of people call in the body of Christ love is just emotional manipulation. That's all it is. And we're going to hit that in our marriage and family conference thing that we're going to do. We're going to deal with that stuff. People live in, their whole houses function in emotional manipulation. There's complete disorder. There's no unity between the husband and the wife. And then the kids get away with murder. Especially when they're little. You got to watch it. It doesn't matter how much your flesh burns over your spouse and what they said. You got to walk in love. If you want your prayers to work, Peter said it. He said, if you want your prayers, if you don't want them hindered, husbands, love your wives. Wives, love, be submissive to your husbands. I don't know about you, but I want my prayers to work. How about you? And we can all grow in these areas. So, going back to the story, she came up and she was talking to me and I was talking with her and thankfully Heidi was in her office and Rocio was in her office. So they got the blessing of listening to me. <laughs> and I love people. I mean, I don't want to fight necessarily, but I felt strength come on me. Like you're going to shut her up and make her listen. And people say, well, God would never do that. Well, he would be strong. Now, you can't force somebody to listen, but you have to be strong. So this person came in. They began to share with me their situation and what they're going through and uh, all these different things. And I began to share with them what the word says. And they began to rebuttal me. You say rebuttal. What does that mean? That means for everything that I said, they knew a better answer. Last time I checked, I didn't go to them for advice. Now listen to me. I want you to hear me in this because this is a big deal. And I want you to hear it from, from a pastor's heart and from love. This is a big deal. There are people that actually twist the scriptures to their own demise. So this young lady was a drug addict. And she got set free. And in the process of that, and this happened to me, I could share with you multiple dreams that I've had. I could share with you where an angel visited me and told me and shared with me, showed me what I was going to do in ministry. I could share these things with you. It, this was 23 years ago. It took me 23 years to get to this point. They have an experience... And they exalt the experience above the maturity of the believers around them. Because the believers around them go, you need to go back to the word. This is what the word says. And they go, in immaturity, how many know it's more fun to have a big woohoo than it is to read and just do what you read? That's what I love about those lines in that song. I will do what you said, Lord. I mean, I love spiritual experiences. I have them. It's great. But I don't live on them. So this person is sharing with me the dream and the vision. And I don't doubt they had it. Listen to me. I do not doubt they had it at all. But yet, 
They're walking, supposedly walking out this dream and vision, and they're back in drug addiction. So you're telling me that the Lord actually set you free, gave you a dream and vision, and now has got you back into addiction. Nope. He who the Son sets free, free indeed. Actually, what was supposed to take place is this person, and in gifting, depending on the gifting, I've watched this happen, and the, and the actual operation of the gifting, but I've watched this happen. People actually need to take their gifting and submit it to a church and to a leadership in a church where there's spiritual maturity and help them develop in that gift. Where there's a symbiotic relationship. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, let me ask you this. As a parent, do you let your kids do whatever they want or feel? Or do you guide them, direct them, and correct them? The church is the same way. Well, my kids are just so spiritual. They can just do whatever they want. They're just so spiritual. Really, what kind of fruit are they producing? See, I am so practical in this stuff. It just, you know, I, 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 will, I would rather destroy your vision and teach you to obey the word because we can get the vision back. You, I'm not kidding. Because I have watched people. I know of people right now. There are so many giftings in this church that I love to see. And I know God's doing great things with them. And I know he's growing and maturing these giftings. But I know people that are not in this room now, right now. I'll just say this. In the prophetic and in seeing that are way more gifted than anybody in this room. I know them personally. I have prophetic words from them. written. They're in a file in my office. And do you know what they're doing right now? They're not using it for the Lord. Is that the Lord's desire? But when correction and direction comes, when a body understanding comes, when truth comes, people go, oh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I'm pretty. I see a lot in the spirit. What does that mean? What does that mean? You mean you see a lot here? Because I don't know about you, but this is my anchor in the spirit. <laughs> I know. In order for us to get there, we got to hit this stuff. And it ain't always just roses, is it? But why, would, why do you correct your children? Because you... So God corrects us because he... So the end result of obeying and submitting to the word and his plan is a greater what? Anointing. <clears throat> It's a greater manifestation, it's a greater relationship, it's a bit greater security inside of you. See, an immature person will think you're trying to take it away from me. But a mature person will go, no, 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 no. They're trying to prune and develop. We are working together in the army of the Lord, in the body of Christ to destroy the works of the devil. When you see it that way, your perspective will change and you'll go, you know what, Lord? I'm so thankful. We talked about this last week. That you made me a thumb. Or you made me, you know, some people are like, you know, I just feel like an armpit. <laughs> you can go a lot of directions with the body. So we're not going to go there, but I'll just tell you this. People say, well, I want to, you know, I feel like just, I just don't feel like I'm seen. Yet you're a kidney. And if you're not in your place, the rest of the body could die. 
This is kind of serious, isn't it? How many know it's better to function on two kidneys than, right? Is it true? See, this is why I keep saying we got to go back. Read 1 Corinthians 12. Read 1 Corinthians 14. Read 1 Corinthians 12. Read 1 Corinthians 14. I encourage you to do this this week. Pray and ask the Lord to show you what you need to do. And then go say, okay, Lord, I see that. Is there anything you want me to minister to anybody else? And then go from there. But start at character first. And then move to gifting. Amen? Now look, I'm not listening. I'm not looking for public testimony on how you missed it. Or I missed it. You say, what do you mean? Just go fellowship with the Holy Spirit. He'll tell you what you need to know. Amen? People say, well, do you, do you guys correct in this church if, if need be? Yep. You say, why? Because we love. We're not insecure. I don't, care, uh, I don't care more that you emotionally like me. Come on, that's good parenting right there. You just, how many, if you are, if you care more about whether your child is emotionally happy with you, you will not raise them correctly. That you are not called to be their friend. You're called to be their parent. The scripture says, train up. And what does that word train mean? It is a military word. It has to do with boot camp. I know my son sometimes, he's like, dad, just let it go. And I'm like, well, wham, 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 give me another 10. And we laugh, we goof. You say, why? Because he's leaving my house one day. And I'm gonna, he's going to be healthier than me by a mile than I was. Amen? Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.